Hello, and welcome to our financial services podcast series, Don't Break the Bank, Run It and Change It. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and together with my co-host, Brian Hayes, we've both worked for over 30 years in banking and banking IT. This is a podcast for curious minds in the financial services industry. The purpose of our podcast is to explore some topics and questions, which we didn't even know were questions when we were working on the other side. This time, we're going to be talking about how we get our conversations back to run the bank versus the change of bank conversation. And today, Martin Eves will be joining us. Martin, welcome. Could you give us a quick intro? Certainly. Thank you, uh, Matthew. Um, Yeah, Martin Eves. I'm the director for Cloud Foundation for Europe, Middle East and Africa here at VMware. Um, Some 25 years uh, in the data storage market, 30 years plus in total uh, in IT. And I've been at VMware for the past two and a half years. Last time we talked a lot about the challenges of COVID-19. And this time, you know, it's clearly still a top of mind issue for all of us. But but we're going to try and get the podcast back to our run the bank versus change the bank conversation. With that in mind, what are you seeing with the projects that you're involved in? Um, seeing a number of different dynamics um, with projects at the moment, sort of somewhat dependent upon um, the uh, market sector that they're in. But uh, we're seeing a few uh, that are pausing. Um, Equally, we've seen um, some uh, financial institutions bring forward um, opportunities by uh, perhaps a a quarter. Um, But I think the the thing that we are seeing most really is uh, running um, of customers um, really taking precedence over changing of customers. And whilst I appreciate that uh, running has always been a, uh, a larger a percentage of um, institutions spend uh, rather than change, um, we're seeing that uh, more at this moment in time with the current COVID-19 situation. Martin, um, w- welcome to the, um, to the gang as such. And between us, we've got 100 years of experience. So I'm pretty confident that we can we can cover off um, all of the conversation today. It's interesting what you said around um, projects being deferred, projects being accelerated in in some aspects across a variety of different market verticals. For financial services, do you see um, any delay in work around addressing some of the legacy technologies, or or do you see an acceleration on transformation uh, programs? Uh, what, what's your view? Well, certainly prior to the current situation, um, we were seeing an acceleration of uh, legacy environments uh, within financial institutions. Um, I think, as I just mentioned, the uh, we're, we're now seeing them paused. Um, but uh, with those legacy environments, uh, again, it's not just around um, the infrastructure or perhaps the software solution that's deployed. It's it's the whole operational. Um, people process um, of those environments that uh, uh, is also changing as well uh, in terms of modern environments. Uh, so, sorry, so so you mean that private cloud isn't just a, na- a new name for legacy IT? <laughs> no, no, um, <laughs> no pri- private cloud uh, isn't uh, just a new name for, uh, for, for legacy IT. Uh, look, from a, a private cloud perspective, really uh, simply, 
it's about delivering cloud-like services uh, on-premise um, with uh, legacy environments and perhaps the uh, lack of change of process and people around those environments. Um, uh, that, that, that it's not modernizing uh, that uh, environment. So it, 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 legacy environments can't just be called private clouds. It doesn't work no, that way, Matthew. No, I, I, I completely agree. I think that uh, le legacy is not just around technology. I think most people, when you say the word legacy from a technology perspective, they immediately imagine, dare I say, an old clunky mainframe. That's what most people see. But in reality, legacy is around IT. It's around your processes. It's around the lack, in it, the lack of tooling or automation around that. It's around your whole service management capability around that technology stack. It's not software defined. It's not as agile. It's not as flexible. So, you know, I think it's we, we have to be very clear about when we talk around legacy and, and what that means because it's open to a, a broad spectrum of interpretation. So you don't just call yourself a DevOps team and say that's it with private cloud. Uh, you can, yeah. but it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I know the answers to these already, but okay, I thought I'd at least try and get a joke. Leading the witness, Matthew. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so so um, yeah, one of the things that I think kind of comes up a lot in the conversations that that I get to have is um, is the kind of that let's plan this out and and let's think about the architecture and build security in from the beginning and that kind of getting that right foundation. And, you know, I know, uh, Martin, you and I have talked about it before. There's there's a there's a customer that you've been working with, which which we can't name. But, you know, they're kind of one of the big guys um, and, and they've been on a bit of a journey with us. Could you could you kind of talk us through that journey? Because I, th I think it's a bit surprising that it doesn't all just start with a purchase order. Right. Oh, oh, if only, Matthew, if only. Um, no, look, ultimately, um, th there's. There's a need, there's a requirement, um, there's uh, an issue uh, usually uh, within a customer. In this particular instance, uh, there was a uh, capacity requirement looking to free up capacity on an existing platform uh, within uh, this customer. Um, and um, what we did uh, was we engaged with professional services um, with the customer to uh, create uh, with the the pending acquisition uh, that they were due to make on storage, um, a uh, design for a new greenfield environment. So creating uh, a new platform for the bank that would give them um, an agile, uh, flexible, secure, uh, and simple uh, environment with which they could change uh, themselves. Um, so, you know, they previously had uh, had run a uh, an unconverged um, environment uh, from a, an infrastructure perspective, looked at uh, converged, uh, but ultimately all of this was uh, delivered via, uh, you know, hyper-converged um, environment. But, but they were looking to also cut cost out of the business um, and, and make savings. Um, so uh, part of the planning process and design process um, was this PSO engagement, so professional services uh, engagement with the customer to understand um, 
what they wanted um, and uh, how they uh, how they need needed it uh, designing. Um, ultimately, they made a uh, decision uh, around a product called uh, Cloud Foundation, uh, which uh, would drive their private stroke hybrid cloud uh, strategy. Uh, it's a software defined solution, uh, which meant that they were able to abstract the value um, uh, of the software away from uh, any underlying infrastructure, which equally meant that they were able to cut cost, um, uh, rationalize their existing vendors, um, and um, ultimately create um, a, an agile working platform that transformed the business in terms of the way people looked at um, their working environment. Uh, it also meant that we were able to, uh, because of the simplification of that uh, platform, it meant that we were able to uh, allow individuals to work um, in areas where they could uh, drive greater value and not necessarily just on the operational or the operations of that platform. I just want to replay something I think I heard as part of that conversation, which was really, really useful. And I think actually, I'd like you to elaborate on it slightly, slightly more. What I heard was, alongside all of the benefits that we had expected and that we had committed and that the clients had expected and would ultimately measure us against, there were significant other unexpected valued benefits in terms of the way it drove some of their cultural change and the way um, they, their, their adoption of the technology. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. You did, Brian. So look, um, the, 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 uh, the, the items that were, um, you know, always going to, uh, to 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 come out or as an outcome um, from uh, this piece of work was, you know, reduction in physical service. Um, there was um, a reduction in the number of vendors, which meant that the uh, the whole vendor uh, management piece became significantly easier. Um, there was a build time and failure rate uh, reduction, which was quite dramatic uh, across the bank. Um, and uh, equally a simplified support model, um, which meant that uh, the team actually handling uh, this new platform, um, which was growing exponentially, um, was significantly smaller. Um, so it, it, it just became easier. Um, there were lower procurement, um, hardware procurement costs. Um, so uh, they were able to use a number of vendors for the solution. Um, and uh, they were able to upgrade and scale out um, very easily. In fact, reducing uh, their time to uh, deploy a VM from around about 95 days to 15 minutes. Uh, but the biggest thing that, uh, or the biggest item that the the, uh, the bank realized was this culture shift um, uh, across the business. So agile became uh, the new uh, word within the bank and uh, everybody seemed to be working uh, in an agile way um, uh, all the way to, uh, to obviously the DevOps environment. Wow, the 19 days to 15 minutes is kind of interesting. So um, I've I got to ask, wh where does this put them for containers? Well, so the, the, the platform um, uh, has evolved uh, moving forward uh, from a VMware perspective. And uh, we, with the release of uh, new products uh, for April, uh, will uh, combine containers with uh, Cloud Foundation, meaning that um, they've got a 
platform now that is uh, truly hybrid. So um, they're able to work on their existing uh, applications uh, as well as uh, cloud native type applications uh, from an on-prem perspective. Um, and uh, now have the ability to uh, move to the cloud as well and uh, move data between those environments uh, at will. Again, and, and I'm, just, I'm replaying back in my head what you're saying. So I think what you've said now is that the infrastructure um, layers, which are normally seen as being the constraint by time or capability to the application space, are now fully, fully enabling the application space in terms of um, their capacity, their demand, and their appetite to consume. Absolutely. So, um, so they've speeded up. I think, in, in some respects, um, has it come as a surprise? Uh, probably not. Um, but certainly, they're able to offer um, a reduced time to market in terms of app dev from an on-prem uh, perspective. So, um, uh, the, the platform is realizing everything that they wanted um, upfront. Uh, nice. Okay, so so a few times there you talked about hybrid, and I don't know whether it, it kind of felt like that was getting a little interchanged in private. So, in in the context of this customer, oh, and other customers, what, what are you meaning by hybrid cloud? So for me, a hybrid cloud really provides the business with security and control of a private cloud, um, and obviously the flexibility and potential cost savings of public cloud. Uh, any legacy applications or localized data on your premise you know, can also be part of the overall platform. So it's a consolidation of both on-prem, off-prem, and existing environments. That's what I see as hybrid cloud. So a lot of what we covered there are kind of like the big projects or the are the kind of kind of the change the infrastructure or change uh, change programs. Um, how, how do you get on this journey kind of more through almost like through run spend rather than change spend? Is, is there opportunity to to take some different steps and, and still get to that same outcome? As we know, I've recently come from the other side of the desk. And, and let me give you my experience of looking at these types of questions and dealing with those in the, dealing with this as a, a practical terms. I think. A lot of the organizations that we are talking to have got a view, have, have done the analysis. Um, and that analysis is compounded by the fact that they will be driven by different business criticalities. They'll be driven by different operational models. They'll be driven by different, in some respects, different geographies that influence that. Um, and they, they will see the opportunity to consolidate. They will see the opportunity to do that. Where, where I think we come in is with our vast experience, right, as an organization um, of our products and our tooling and of a variety of different industries um, and using our knowledge to drive a different conversation which says you can do things differently, which says that you can run different instances on different boxes, that you can run a mixture and blend of different applications on different environments to free up capacity to invest elsewhere in the organization. Um, and how do we bring that to that conversation objectively to, to, to our clients whilst understanding that they see, as we used to, the criticality of, no, you can't do that because I've got a crit one service or a level one service or a primary banking service and I, I can't do that. And I think now is the time to, to challenge that um, and, you know, and push back on some of the clients and say, you, you can do that. You just have to elect to want to do it. 
Yeah, look, I I agree with everything you've uh, you've said there, Brian. From from a, a VMware um, legacy perspective, and I appreciate we're not uh, we're, we're not liking the use of that word at the moment, but you know it's about physical to virtual, um, and that moves certainly around the uh, the run um, part of uh, perhaps a financial institution, and this really is our is our bread and butter, and you know we can provide industry leading software. Um, that will change that environment and perhaps even uh, work with you to create a business, work with a customer to create a business case that uh, justifies this from um, the, the run budget. But ultimately, that great software um, delivers little um, without a willingness from the client or customer to want to change um, within that environment and transform. Uh, the biggest savings we see at the moment uh, and benefit to customers uh, is around day two operations and you know changing process, um, uh, changing where people are aligned, uh, those kind of things. That the whole simplification um, of uh, the platform moving forward. So uh, I, I agree with you, Brian. So look, I'll ask this, and obviously it can't be seen on a podcast, but with the with the with the smile. But uh, so hybrid cloud and private cloud and that kind of coming together that's kind of completely different from hyperconverged is that right yeah hyperconverged is the infrastructure layer um, that uh, the private or hybrid cloud sits on so it, it, it's an infrastructure play it's a cookie cutter approach using standard uh, x86 based servers um, to provide you with compute and storage uh, and networking and uh, as I've mentioned previously, you know, we abstract the value away from that layer, which means that you can use industry standard uh, products um, and drive the commercial benefits of uh, those products and the price points of those products uh, to, to drive out cost out of your business. Fantastic for bringing up day two operations, because I, I that's, that's something that's often overlooked. But I think I think to sum up, you know, you, you kind of brought it back to that. It's the people, the process, and the technology. It's you need to do all three, not just focus on the not just focus on the technology. Yeah, a a absolutely. And I think the technology is the smaller um, part of it. Um, the process, um, from a you know private cloud perspective, you know, changing the way that you manage your storage. Everything now is policy based. Um, so we've simplified that. Ultimately, where has uh, uh, has done the engineering heavy lifting uh, for the customer and we've created um, the private cloud environment that does all that work uh, for you. So so rather than um, uh, zoning LUNs or um, talking about uh, your SAN switch fabric uh, and zoning that, everything now is, uh, is policy based. So it's a single click um, or two uh, to create entire environments. All that work has been done for the customer. So from your experience then, are you seeing that kind of the, the move to hyperconverged is the impetus for moving to a software-defined data center? Is it is it mostly driven by a kind of a hardware play that then forces those other things? Or are customers getting there and you know un, under different routes? Uh, so they're getting there under a number of routes, um, uh, Matthew. So uh, so hyperconverged creates the underlying platform that drives uh, agility and simplification. Um, as I said previously, the value is really in the software stack. Um, the new driver in today's paradigm 
um, and moving forward is all around modern applications and time to market and uh, the whole DevOps uh, piece. So being able to uh, get to market with new applications quicker and therefore that's driving uh, the change around um, uh, modern application development and the underlying platforms that have the capability to do that uh, on-premise, um, you know, within the combines of a security-controlled environment. What about cloud management then, and, and where does where does that fit? Because you know, w- when you kind of think about going to public cloud, you just think you kind of throw your code there and everything's handled and everything will be great. And what you're what you've been talking about, particularly with data operations, sounds like that's quite heavy. What's um, what, what's going on there? Yeah. So from from a point of view of um, re- really, um, th- this is um, uh, one of the biggest value propositions around both um, private, uh, hybrid, and public cloud. You really need to uh, manage your data tightly um, and. In the same way, from a public cloud perspective, you need to automate it. And automation is is key uh, to uh, realizing value uh, within these environments. So, Martin, that's that's really interesting. My my expectation, based upon my background, is that as organisations, any organisation, but particularly you know, when discussion today around FS. Um, my observation is that the accountability as people move from a private to a hybrid to a public cloud, the accountability is always going to stick with the banks. Um, the regulators are now beginning to look at the impact of private cloud and what that means in terms of data, data retention, how can you get data back in the event of, of any physical disaster or, or logical disaster that may prevent the bank from trading. Um, and that, that the bank will have to take full responsibility for its operational controls, um, its operational responsibility and feeding that back into the regulatory side. Um, And I think that the role of reg, regulatory risk, risk assurance and security are gonna become almost the, the, the initial barriers to entry as we move into that more private cloud type of environment to prove an evidence, an artifact um, how it can be done. I mean, what are you seeing in, in the conversations that you're having with our clients? Uh, another great question, um, Brian. So um, we're, we're seeing a number of um, facets in respect of um, control, regulatory control um, within uh, the cloud space. From an on-prem perspective, uh, perhaps your private cloud, um, this is a secure environment. It's managed by you. Um, the customer, um, and therefore more easily controlled from a regulator perspective. Um, When we're talking about hybrid cloud and the ability to move between um, the off-prem cloud, uh, perhaps hyperscaler providers and on-prem, and more importantly, perhaps between uh, uh, cloud providers or external um, cloud providers, uh, that's more tricky. Um, we have seen recently a move um, from off-prem to on-prem uh, for exactly that reason. I'm getting a little bit offended, Martin, because every time Brian asks you a question, you say, that's a great question. And every time I do, you just get, you know. <laughs> that's because I've given him a quiz every time he says it. We've got a little, it's like the rugby club games. What he's got to do, he's got to do bananas, virulene and yellow, yellow cardigans <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah. 
Matthew, that was an awesome question. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one of the things that that has come up a few times is how transformation in banking and transformation in banking IT is typically led as a cost-cutting exercise. Whereas actually a lot of the capabilities that you get from these new foundations, and I think you, you said it you said it um, some time ago, it was is about getting new agility, getting more capability to be able to deliver applications faster. Is that is that something you that, that resonates? Uh, absolutely, it is. Yeah, we often see um, cost cutting measures um, uh, driving uh, the opportunity to. Um, uh, spend to save so um, you know where somebody is looking to do that it creates a compelling event uh, whereby we're able to talk about um, uh, consolidation of environments uh, whether it be from a single application on a server um, to perhaps 50 applications uh, again on a single server uh, and above so it, it certainly drives the compelling event um, for those customers and and works for both parties and and will facilitate a, a business case workshop with a customer uh, to, to help develop that uh, that process we said earlier on we've, we've all been around for, for quite a while and I think in the past few years with transformation being in part a buzzword a lot of organizations are really responding to the market demands and the market pressures so their cost income ratios, um, the efficiencies that they're being asked to show internally by their own finance community um, and the external demands in terms of the measurement against peer to peer measurement. So I think there's there's been a lot of that. Um, as Martin's quite rightly said, I think what people and my language is there's a recognition of what value technology can provide. It's how you measure value. Lots of organizations have measured value purely and simply on cost takeout, cost reduction. Um, whatever that, however they measure it, not necessarily on. I can deploy apps faster. How do you measure the possibility of deploying apps faster? And we're moving to an app-oriented world where apps drive everything. With 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 the move to a, uh, I want to use the word slicker, uh, better, more software-defined capability. Apps will absolutely drive that 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 necessity. So, so in, in summary, I think what what we're moving to is that ubiquitous digital foundation that everyone's been trying to aspire to, to get to. And I think that, you know, Martin, I'm going to come back to you now in, in terms of, you know, our digital foundation. How do you see that supporting the needs of the modern banking requirements going forwards? Our digital foundation really... Uh, underpinned by uh, consistent infrastructure, so that cookie cutter uh, approach, uh, simple, easy to deploy, um, and uh, easy to manage, um, and consistent operations. Um, so you know the whole day to uh, operations piece, you know, irrespective of where um, the application is, um, or more importantly where the data is, whether it's in your private cloud, whether it's in your hybrid cloud or whether it's um, you know, off-premise in the public cloud. It is consistent operations and consistent infrastructure, um, just simplifying the whole process. I think you've given us plenty to think about there, and particularly, I think, Brian, if it's okay with you, I think we should try and have a, have a 
a cloud session absolutely uh, in, in coming up it's um you know, to, con to kind of continue on the themes that martin's martin's talked about look martin whilst i've got you though um i i gotta ask this and it's kind of one of those again questions i kind of just want to kind of put that um i hear this thing called hcx is a bit like alchemy and um, wh what's that all about it's our secret source um it's uh, an application um, really for um, customers that are on a journey to cloud by uh, addressing data center modernization, cloud adoption, cloud migration challenges. Um, it, it, it's a simple path to upgrading vSphere. It allows you to stretch between networks uh, to new sites um, for NSX adoption. It shortens time to value. Uh, for a, cloud, a hybrid cloud adoption um, and um, can build significant long-term value in respect of disaster recovery um, uh, as well as doing workload rebalancing in hybrid multi-cloud design so it really is our secret source in that journey to cloud well i did ask the question didn't i martin i wasn't expecting that as the uh, as the answer so i think yet another topic for a future podcast and actually on that note I think we'd be very keen to understand what our listeners might want want us to cover in future episodes too. We've done five of these now, um, and we've been kind of working down mine and Brian's list of things we thought might be interesting. But be very interested in in the views of our listeners for what else they think we might want to go go cover. And and finally, then for today, to sum up, I think what what we tried to identify here is that there are steps that even there are steps that even in the current environment we can take individually or together to improve the environment we have, to optimise, uh, to gain more capacity, to gain more capability, to consider how we change the, the processes, how we change the way that we operate to give us more capability and agility so that, so that sometime in the future we can exploit that and, and run even faster. And if, Brian, have you got any final final words of wisdom? I'm not sure there'll be words of wisdom, Matthew. Um, I, I, think, I think it's been a really interesting um, conversation today with Martin. Thank you, Martin. Uh, because as you've said, it's given us a lot to think about. It's, it's, it's set the scene for what I hope will be the next series of podcasts in terms of cloud um, and so forth. Um, and I think it's also highlighted to me the fact that there there is always an opportunity to create value for our clients that they can't measure okay i mean I, I don't necessarily believe it's easy or possible to measure some of the efficiencies or some of the value that we have created with some of our client experiences and martin talked about one so that makes it very hard so therefore we can't push the, the initial conversation on that basis but there is a lot of value that we bring to the table and a lot of opportunity that's outside of the, the monetization of benefit. Thanks, guys. I look forward to the next one. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, thanks, Matthew. Uh, thanks, Brian. Greatly appreciated. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Please just reach out. Oh, Matthew, one more thing. Bananas, virulin, and yellow cardigans. Brian, that's three quid you owe me. If we can help you in any way, please talk with your VMware account team. Alternatively, you can connect with us through LinkedIn. Just search for Matthew O'Neill or Brian Hayes at VMware. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Owen. Thank you for listening. 
We hope you can join us again next time. Please do take care of yourself. <laughs>